The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada presented by Anime North. On the Sunday evening, October the 16th, 2022, you can contact us online on the web, animeroundtable.com, Twitter and Instagram at animeroundtable, and email us, animeroundtable at gmail.com. We're halfway through October, and this is our uh, first thing of the month. So uh, at least we were halfway through the quota for the month as well. It took a little bit to put together a, a, a group around the virtual table to do the episode, but we got somebody this week, or a few people. Uh, Mike Nicholas at six points. We're doing this remotely, so... Amy Lynn Gregg, Mohammed Shamarki, Kevin Ng, they're around the table tonight from wherever they choose to be. James Austin chooses not to be here tonight. <laughs> We're not doing attendance. Don't worry, we won't do the attendance gag. But this was a, a bit last second. He's, in, he's entitled to enjoy the weekend too. And we'll, of course, get his opinion on uh, some of the stuff we'll talk about later. When he returns, surely. Next time. Amy, how's the first couple weeks of work been? Uh, chaotic, to say the least. Um, you know, it's been, I guess, over a month now. I started on September, I guess, the 8th or so. Um, so, yeah, it's been, you know, lots of up and downs. Uh, working um, out as a trans woman for the first time. Uh, some drama inherent in that. Um, casual observations, which um, is relevant to this show, um, that I will maybe revisit in a few minutes um, or an hour. Uh, I think that the world, or at least North America, has underestimated uh, Naruto's popularity and cultural impact. I'm almost <laughs> willing to say now, at least in North America or Canada, um, I would say it has a greater impact uh, than Dragon Ball, um, at least as far as like staying power. And that I think it relates to, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode, um, you know, before when you were talking about like eras, um, you know, how different things were sort of in the early aughts and late 90s. Um, and, you know, I have a whole lot of thoughts on that, so maybe I'll, I'll keep it for now. But yeah, kids are still um, very into Naruto specifically, not Boruto. You know, like we, we, we've had versions of this, con of this conversation uh, with various titles and 
okay, we can flesh that out another time because there's yeah. another one of those philosophical discussions we're going to have a bit later on. But as you brought that up, I was thinking about the dynamic between Berserk or the link between Berserk and Fist of the North Star with, with Miura having had association, obviously being the creator of Berserk, but then also working under the creators of Fist of the North Star, right? And remember when we talked about his passing at Anime North Online, the stay-at-home edition, that's the exact word, I think. I talked a little bit about why was Berserk the one that really influenced a lot of the more hyper-violent titles that would come in the year, immediate years after it, and maybe decade, uh, immediate decades too. When Fist of the North Star could have been it, why, what, what was the difference? And I made the, I gave the thought, or my belief was always, it was the time it came out. Because Fist of the North Star was a thing in the 80s, but Berserk became a thing in the 90s and was able to start to catch that, pretty much catch that uh, that wave that that of you know that the the new generation of anime fans well the generation generations have changed again but i think the biggest the the first big wave of the of fandom or at least the way the big wave that has led to the anime the size of the anime fandom that it is today so Fist of the North Star could have started the spark or could have been the spark, but really the fire was started with Berserk. And I think that's when you talk about Bleach and Dragon Ball. I mean, Dragon Ball was a thing to people of closer to you know mine and James's age. But the more active fans today the most vocal, for better or worse, fans that are out there are much younger. The ones in their teens, 20s, maybe early 30s. And they're the ones that grew up on and really, you know, they were impacted more directly by something like Naruto. That was their thing. And there's more of them that were into that thing. I mean, I personally just see it as a pre-internet post-internet sort of situation. Yeah, and I think that's the spark I was trying to refer to. I couldn't find exactly where that wave, how to define that wave, Mo. So I think you just, you might have just hit it on the head. It was an internet thing, right? So going back to the whole Fist of the North Star Berserk thing, Fist of the North Star was pre-internet and Berserk was post-internet. And you could you can almost use the same a similar argument with with Naruto and Dragon Ball, but maybe move that timeline a little forward to a little to a more key point, at least in terms of our internet consumption. Maybe from internet just being a place you can browse the web to internet being something you can enjoy videos online. Not necessarily streaming. That was still probably a couple, some years away. But the whole idea of being, of consuming entertainment online kind of, cor- kind of correlates with Naruto. 
I do think like, like like BitTorrent and stuff. I do think that the internet has like a huge, you know, part to play there. Um, but it's like what what is kind of surprising me, and I and I get like a lot of this is availability and sort of how much um variety of anime series exist today um or throughout the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, but you know, with the internet, we have access to like the history of of anime at this point. Um, and I'm so impressed with Naruto specifically because, you know, the the grade nine students who are still loving Naruto, you know, this series would have started coming out when I was sort of in grade seven and eight. So like, you know, basically from right when they were born or like right before. And I think like, okay, how many early 80s, you know, shows did I purposefully um, go back and check out? And the answer is probably zero. The early 80s shows that I ended up seeing were Dragon Ball Z, but I, you know, because of the timeline, um, that didn't really come out until the 90s here. And I didn't purposely purposefully seek it out. It was just sort of on TV. Um, so like, I, 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 I feel like, again, this is maybe a whole other, you know, conversation, but like, I'm so fascinated with like, what is it about Naruto specifically that it's it's attracting people like you know uh kids early teens that aren't the traditional anime nerds like they're the ones who are into you know chainsaw man coming out they're excited and uh hero academia and all that kind of stuff um but naruto has this like pan you know uh cultural like weird almost generation yeah and and like vortex that's like attracting people um, who have like, you know, I have, you know, students who are way too cool for like school or nerdy things. Um, but they're drawing like Itachi's headband on their like folder. Like it's <laughs> so weird. Yes or yes or no. Yes or no. Since you're talking about the whole, maybe Naruto is, is quasi, is quasi mainstream. Maybe mainstream might be overstating it, but certainly uh, very across the board for its age group. Oh, I'd say it's mainstream now. Okay. You see yes all that no. merchandise at Hot Topic, at GameStop, <laughs> EB Games, Walmart. When well, you when you see Naruto posters at Walmart, you're not niche. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, beside the uh, beside the uh, pr- the Princess Mononoke one. Yes or no? Naruto is to this generation that and this is not, this is not, this is, uh, ultimately the titles are apples and oranges titles. But I'm, but I want to at least illustrate the impact it has on, you know, the way fandom is, or on what it did for fandom as a whole. Naruto is to just this generation, i.e. your, uh, i.e. the grade nines, the teen, the, the tweens and teens, as Sailor Moon could have been to people in that age group in the 90s. Could it have been? Is it a yes, no? Is it exclusively <laughs> yes, no? Or there's just other nuances we have to look at there? I think there's other nuances. It's interesting because like when I was, when you were, you know, hyping up your question of yes, no, you know, my mind was turning. It's like, oh, what is, what is Mike going to say? And my main two thoughts had nothing to do with anime um, they were actually like Star Wars and um, and Marvel, 
because I remember, you know, when I was sort of a kid, maybe younger than than grade nine, maybe more like 11 or 12, um, you know, there was this like huge interest in Star Wars even before episode one came out. Um, and also like, you know, Marvel, you know, with the 90s X-Men, I guess, like there was like this mini surgence in, in popularity of that kind of thing. Um, and the only reason why I'm, I'm hesitant to say yes on the Sailor Moon thing is because, yeah, there was some degree of years separation. Um, you know, when I guess Sailor Moon aired maybe five years after Japan or something like that. Um, but it, it's, it's still so striking to me that it's like a full generation, like a full 15, 16 years. Um, and they're discovering it and absorbing it at a rate, like more than a lot of current anime and media. Like that's the, the surprising thing for me. Okay. So maybe it is really, the whole thing could be an apples and oranges thing to both our listeners out there. Come (laughs) on, give me a thought. You know, I think it's just that, well, we don't have TV. We don't have Naruto playing on Canadian TV anymore, but... How relevant is that these days? Not eh, debatable. Not I'd say not really, but that's yeah, just that's from my thing. uneducated opinion. Well, yeah, not, not yeah. Well, anything we say is all anecdotal. But I think that's part of the whole... Like that's that's a that's another branch of the cord cutting debate, right? There isn't any must see TV unless it's sports. By the way, um, hey Siri, what's the score in the Bills game? They're up by seven. <laughs> According to this, it's tied. Okay, no, no, they're up by seven. It's seventeen ten. <laughs> No, it says here 17-17 now. Okay, come on. Okay, anyway. (laughs) They're playing the Chiefs anyway. But, you know, okay, Quantum Leap has has rebooted. I know I can watch. uh, Okay. Is anyone watching that? No. no. My father was a Quantum Leap fan, just for reference. So I I watched the first episode, and, you know, it was was fine. It was... update to the concept they have like a half uh bone csi sitcom going on at the same time as the quantum leap adventures but um aside from that like first episode he jumps into like a uh um part-time or like i don't want to spoil the episode but it's like a part-time a crime story essentially like a robbery story second episode jumps into an astronaut really cool Third episode, it's a boxer, and coming off the astronaut, I was like so bored with just the premise of a boxer that I did, made it like five minutes and watched old Star Trek again after instead. See, see, the, the fourth one, he's a bounty hunter. Okay, that's cool, but yeah, eighties. <laughs> see, well, the uh, promos also hinted he'd ju- he'd leap into Joe Montana. Joe Montana at some point. Sorry, I'd never seen the original, so this was like out of left field. (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. So my my father, like my father, had been watches old reruns uh, of the show. Had a pretty cool theme song too. The original, like this show, can go on forever. It just it's great. (laughs) 
I want them to bring back Sliders instead. Sliders was oh, far true. more silly okay. and... <laughs> no, 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 I, I understand that. I never watched it, but I knew of its cult popularity. The multiverse is hot right now. Can I go wrong with that? Okay. All right, so let's reel back for a couple seconds and... Oh, was it... For me, Naruto won't get that popularity until it gets... Um... Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> oh, that, huh. this, that's your version of the sign that and you Goku's made. Goku's got one. Pikachu got one. You know, where's Naruto? Oh, that's a fair point. Maybe he has and you don't know. Oh, no, I looked it up. <laughs> I, I okay. think it's a, nin- a ninja joke. Oh, there's yeah. always there's always been a, a Naruto <laughs> float. He's just using like some sort of you know. Anytime you see a tree stump on the side, it's actually the, the Naruto float. <laughs> okay, so quickly, okay, from one show from that from that generation to another, let's talk about this headline because we didn't really. I don't think we talked about it a couple weeks ago because it was still a little bit away from being officially announced. Bleach, Thousand Years War, debuted Tuesday over the last over the la- last couple last week or so, right? Tuesday was or Wednesday, one of those. Days. Okay, yeah. And I we didn't we knew we everybody figured. I think people saw it coming right down Dixon Avenue or Dixon Road that Disney Plus would get Naruto. <laughs> I mean, each. <laughs> And and uh, and then there's the the usual amount of backlash that went with it. People are already saying, "I well, isn't just is Disney Plus here, Hulu in the states?" And people are people were pissed off, or at least uh, those that were really pissed off really made it known, uh, wanting to go back to pirating. And and ironically, that ironically, according to one article, the first episode of Thousand Years War was already on a BitTorrent just the day before its official release on. On Hulu and Disney. Yeah, there's no stopping that. But as a Disney subscriber, I appreciate being on Disney Plus. And you, you, you're, and you're, you were the Bleach fan. Like you're the resident Bleach guy. I mean, I think Kevin's more of a fan than I am. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Oh wait, did you did you, did you torrent it? I didn't watch it yet. Okay, cool. Is it not on Disney Plus? I, I sorry, I wasn't paying attention for. for it is now on Disney Plus. First episode is now on Disney Plus, and they'll they'll release it as it comes out, uh, as it properly comes out. I guess weekly. Good. So and apparently it's uncensored, unless I'm misinformed. Yeah, no, the, uh, that's that's the other part. It sounds like it is. Wait, there's gonna be a censored version? No, it's People just that because it's Disney. There's always that. Thought Dude, of maybe they could, even though I know Disney does have like they have plenty of violent things on there. So, first impressions, first impression, Mohammed. Uh, what did you? Did, I like. Did you like it? I like. Just yeah. What do you make of it compared to the like better animation? What was the last time the an, the anime? I mean. Oh. I hadn't finished it all, and I haven't read the manga either. So to me, this is all new. Um, but I liked it. You know, they start off strong, bad guy, then you get the good guys, and then some fighting, and then the episode ends. It's great. Okay. Uh, 
Anyone else want to say anything, or should I just make my com- my smarmy comment about Disney Plus right now? So what's I, I'm you know I, I think I feel like I've missed something. Why was it super obvious that Bleach would go to Disney Plus? I think it was just it just seemed so like that seemed to be the buzz in the month leading up to the announcement. Yeah. Everybody, every like, it, I think it was sorry? leaked. There were rumors. That had basically confirmed, yes, they obtained it. So it more or okay. less just became a, it more or less just became like an unconfirmed, not a not a hidden secret, but it was basically confirmed. It's just that there were no official announcements made. Is there any connection between Disney and Bleach, though, or is it just like a Disney like bought a random anime series to show? That's basically it. I think they just determined that, okay, this thing's popular. Let's put it on our service. That's how okay. I would imagine it being the case. Yeah, I think that's, that's really it. I mean, remember, the, the rights outside of Asia belong to Viz. They don't have the, uh, a service of their own, so they basically put it up for bids. It could have easily have been Netflix. Could have easily been Crunchyroll. Naruto, uh, Naruto. On that note, is is, is that leaving uh, any of the major services? I think it left Netflix. Netflix. Huh? I think it's leaving it's Netflix. Netflix. Okay. So that's basically what happened. They just won a bidding war. Although, and people were worried about how they'd handle it. And for reference, people were wondering what about the the pre- original seasons? They're not up there. Disney does have the rights to those now too. For their services, and that's apparently set to come on online around October 26. Mileage may vary depending on where you are. So there, and remember, I went on this whole bit last episode that there were like some live-action Japanese dramas from uh, from Nippon Television that I was interested in, but they're not available on Disney Plus Canada. So once again, your mileage may vary depending on where you are. Which leads me to, you know, Disney Plus Day and the free, or not free, but the uh, $2, the $2 offer for the month, right? And I mentioned I'd do it, right, Kevin? On the bright side, no taxes. It was it was $1.99 for the month. Okay. And taxes would probably only bring it up to a dollar twenty six uh, to two twenty six or something like that. That that uh, that freebie offer or cheap offer is uh, will expire uh, in three days on Thursday on the nineteenth. And uh, so, out of the entire time I've had it, maybe it won't surprise you. I hardly watched anything, but I did watch something. And and it almost made it worth the two bucks. Was it bleach? And you know what it was? Was it bleach? No, but I will watch that before I will make it a point to watch it now before I cancel. Because you know, I don't want to find myself paying for the month. No, it was the trailer to Wakanda Forever, the next uh, the sequel to Black Panther. I do like how they do do that. Put trailers up. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that two minutes almost almost made it worth the two bucks. At least, I, at least I feel I don't feel as bad about it right now. 
Not that I was going to in the first place. But that's what I, that's, that's the only thing I've watched from beginning to end. Mind you, uh, with the way my schedule is these days, you know, I, I can only watch, let myself sit down and watch so much. Maybe in that sense, I, I miss the pandemic. I mean, the, the dust cover is still on the PS5 after all. So that, that's the extent of my watching to this point. And I know there's probably some really good stuff on Disney+. Plus. I just won't get the time to do it, so I can't justify keeping it. So that's why I have to cancel. Right? I feel you, Mike. I feel the same huh? way about Netflix. No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, when you did that, right? And then they come back with that ad tier. I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ad tier was, was announced this week. I think it's like, six, was it $5.99 or something? Like six bucks. And it's like in standard definition. It's dumb. Oh, yeah, that, that, the, the, it's that, right? <laughs> so, so there's that. And for reference, with, I know that, what is it? I know that uh, Urusei Yatsura premiered on on High Dive within the within the last couple of weeks. I think this week. Although, don't quote me. I haven't all, I haven't totally kept up. I know that premiered, and I looked through the High Dive catalog. I think it's like five bucks a month or something American for it. It's not the biggest looking catalog, but but depend depending on what could happen and then. It, in the next little bit, and who gets what? Maybe it's worth a look. Some AMC properties, or some AMC branding is now starting to make itself obvious there too, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But there's a, you know, there's my, uh, my bit. I'm just looking at uh, a few things here and then I don't know. I don't know what else to add really. I mean, on the other side of the, of the ledger in terms of other services, I, I mentioned to you guys, I finished, I finally finished Kaguya Sama love is war. I finished the third season earlier this week. Pat How'd you find on it? Back on that. How'd you find it? I'm wondering, first of all, story-wise, uh, it was compelling enough. You know I can be a sucker for those type of stories, Kevin. I yes. think most of you, everybody knows. Um, I mean, for all the years you, all of you have known me, you know I can be a sucker for that. If, if, I, if I rank shows like uh, Kimigori Orange Road and Maisone Kuku in my top five, you know I could probably be a sucker for something like uh, Kaguya-sama. I can be as well. But it was a it was a fun watch masterpiece. Not totally sure, but certainly time well spent. But there's also a part of me wondering how much of the animation budget was put just into that last episode, because it felt because the animation felt a lot more smoother and crisper in that last episode. It's just. It, it's just the feel of that last episode felt so different. And, and it isn't necessarily because of the of the way the plot had gotten to that point. Mm. But it's just 
just the visuals. Just the visuals. I, ha- I just thought I'd have to say that. Right? So, yeah, that's... Um, that's that. And I'll, and I'll try and watch with that done. Maybe I'll try and watch spy X family. Maybe I'll try and spend a little bit of time watching cyberpunk. Oh, you haven't seen Runners. I haven't had a chance to continue watching that. Good. Sure. There's still more demon slayer stuff. I have to watch and let's see how many years down the road. Demon slayer. How many years down the road will demon slayer end up in that car in that same stratosphere as something like Naruto. I mean, I'm guessing like, Probably not. Two cycles, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It would probably have to run for a long time. See, where's One Piece in this conversation? Oh, it's right? out. Like, really. One it's Piece out. is in Japan. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> One Piece is in Japan. That's probably it. That's probably the, the right answer. So there's all that uh, that type of stuff. But I thought I'd uh, at least mention that. Well, uh, just quickly, what's on the cues for you guys? Chainsaw Man. Oh, how is that? Great. Are you just where? Where's where that running right now? Just out of curiosity. I believe Crunchyroll. Okay, so I'm pretty sure it's not, Crunchyroll as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're watching Cl- Chainsaw Man, but not necessarily on Crunchyroll, are you, Mo? No, no, I, I got that membership and everything. <laughs> 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 I thought I'd ask. I kind of have all the memberships, man. <laughs> Come on. Any word <laughs> if uh, Chainsaw Man is uh, getting a dub anytime soon-ish? Good question. Not sure. Did they not confirm a dub for it? I'd be shocked if it didn't get one. Hmm. But yeah, usually Funimation would be on top of that, at least by maybe week two or three or four. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess well, now it's it is just all Crunchyroll, but I digress. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, you know, as I said, uh, we we'll have that uh, further Crunchyroll talk a little later on, right? Or do you want to start that part of our conversation now? Um, we could. Uh, I guess in terms of my personal well, cue, yes, though, I forgot um, personal because you mentioned you want to watch it. What's well. I, I want to watch Bleach and Chainsaw Man. We'll see if I get around to it. I'm going to try, but knowing how I am, it could just fall off to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Well, what is priority right now, then? Let's see. I have Helsing to finish reading. And I need to read... What was that? Was it Kobato I need to read? I think I have to read Kobato as well. By Clamp. Mm. A couple other things that I can't think of off the top of my head as well. Well, that's fine then. I mean, I think your queue is way more active than mine at this stage. Right? I mean, okay, going back to my own impressions of the ending of Kaguya-sama, it felt like a good ending. If you choose not chose not to watch any more of the story, you can at least the way it ended says, okay, that's a good way to end it. But you know there's more to the story. Did all those new characters show up yet? Because I know there's just 
a bunch of new people that show up later on in the series because I'm I'm still way back in season one or like volume four or five of the manga where none of those okay, people are there I yet. Like, what characters are you thinking though? Uh they're mostly girls. Short answer is a few others were introduced, but I'm not more in the background. I mean, I mean, Lino is Lino. Is that her name? I don't know their names at all, even. Okay. But they, they introduced uh, what, at least two others who one of them end up on the student council. Oh, interesting. I think there was oh. like a brunette that got introduced. Might be her. Oh, okay. I, I mean, some of the names uh, escape me right now because, you know. I'm not good with. I'm not always good at uh, knowing those type of names. A few characters were introduced. A few characters were hinted. Okay, and you know that they could probably figure in more later on. Well, at least with Kaguya, the end is in sight. Uh, the manga oh, is yeah. the manga's oh. ending is in sight. So, well, didn't they announce it'll end? Yeah, within a year. I don't think there'll be more than another one or two seasons of the anime at this point. Well, I see. I was under the impression the anime was done was all but done aside from a feature film i think that's coming out oh really because i i just feel like it was it ended i feel like they will just adapt the entire manga at this point well i mean it's popular enough they could and it would do fine indeed oh i mean i'm so far behind on kaguya sama i do really like that series too yeah i liked i like it too but uh you know, and then assuming, you know, maybe another live action movie is, and yeah, maybe another season, and hopefully the uh, people involved in it are better paid. On that uh-huh. segue. Well, I haven't well, I mean, listed my stuff yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, Amy. So, um, on the, I'll, I guess I'll stick to, uh, Japanese origin animation stuff. Um, only really two things. Um, I am interested in cyberpunk and eventually Chainsaw Man. I generally like to watch dubs, so I might wait. Um, but the dub of Overlord 4 finished. Um, so for those uninitiated, Overlord is an uh, isekai, um, big skeleton uh, lich uh, wizard guy. Um, Own daddy. A random, uh, standard, you know, <laughs> Japanese young person is stuck in him. Uh, the premise goes from being dropped to being picked up about every five minutes of <laughs> the uh, demon or the evil personality sort of being sort of taking over or the human giving in. Um, but season four or series four, whatever you want to call it, uh, continues Overlord's very weird, um, uh, I guess premise or um, function of uh, basically every two episodes introducing a really interesting twist or like um, new plot element. And then the very next episode, the characters go, Oh, Hey, that was, that was cool, I guess. And then they just move on to something else. (laughs) Um, But it keeps going into a loop, like something that completely breaks the series and like potentially introduces like, you know, some really like plot, um like relevant changes and like things that could shift happen at about halfway through the season and then literally the next episode the main character is basically watching it on a crystal ball tv and goes huh that's interesting and then they move on to other stuff it's so weird but because they keep doing that every two episodes it remains like frustratingly compelling 
Um, anyway, that, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's an interesting contradiction in terms. I like it. So that, I guess, season finished. It said, uh, I think, the beginning of the end in the at the end of the credits or something. So maybe there's only one season left. Um, and then the other series that I tried to watch was Jojo Part 6, Part 2. Um, mm. And because of Netflix jail, like when Part 1 came out, oh, cool, new Jojo. I liked Part 4 a lot. I liked Part 5 somewhat. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Part 6, let's, you know, see what happens with women Jojo. Um, and yeah, I liked it. Probably more than 5, I guess. 5 is weird. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you know i watched part six very awkward first 10 minutes but aside from that fun first 13 or whatever episodes uh and then netflix decided okay we'll wake us up one more, more jojo and then like there there wasn't any episodes for like half a year or something um this might be an exaggeration um but they came out like in early september and like i just started getting to them a few weeks ago um, and I only got like four episodes in, like the momentum was completely killed for me. Um, I'll still probably watch them eventually. Um, but whenever I, I turn on Netflix, like, you know, I could watch more Jojo, but then I see like the cool poster for, for cyberpunk. And then I realize oh, I haven't seen the first season of deep space nine yet. Um, <laughs> so I do that instead <laughs> of the other two. Uh, so Netflix is frustrating jojo or whatever they do to jojo is frustrating um worse treatment than even shaman king god i think um wow but yeah those i mean yeah yeah i agree (laughs) i agree in that with the way netflix released jojo's bizarre adventure stone ocean it killed the hype for jojo at this time this is why anime should be played once a week as it debuts in Japan. Because you don't have oh, people so... talking about it as much when it's all out at once. Ah, you're, so that's your this, argument against binging. This, this has been discussed in the podcast before yeah, and, and recently. Rehash, rehash, your, rehash your version again. Oh, you want I, know, re- I already rehashed it just I now. <laughs> and like to that yeah. point, like Overlord would have just been dumb without watching it week to week. Like it would have just been like, uh, oh, crazy plot twist. Uh, never mind. Crazy plot twist. Never mind. Like over and over again, if you were binging it at least week to week, there's like this excitement that I then get let down on. And then at the end of the episode, more excitement. Like there's there's a flow there. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a frustrating flow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it can. It, it sounds like uh, it, it sounds like it's going from painful to excruciating. There, it's it's a very like I don't know how to describe it, especially in terms of quality. Like, I'm fascinated by it. Anyways, let's. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. <laughs> that's a, that's a funny way to put it. You wanted to talk about Crunchyroll again. <laughs> Well, we like bashing them, I guess, in many respects. Okay, do you have a take? I, I know, I know that whole bit on the on the dubbing controversy with what's his name again, Kyle McCarley. When we talked at length about him uh, being, uh, you know, not returning to his role on Mob Psycho One Hundred. 
I know that I, it sounded like you want to say quite a bit about that. Yeah. And there's been a follow-up since. There's a couple of things that have come out on the topic um, since, and we'll outline those. Yeah. So, like, my main, I guess I'll stick to, like, the information that was at least available as of your last recording. Um, and, you know, I had been following it, you know, prior to that. Um, it is very sad. Um, I'm a big fan of Mob Psycho 100. I think it's probably in my top 10, if not top five um, of the last, like, you know, five, 10 years or so. Like, it is a remarkable series. Um, it has a remarkable dub. Um, the main, I think, sad point here is that Mob's voice was fairly unique. Um, so I am curious to see the replacement, I guess, to see if there's if they find a sound alike, if it's really different. Um, like that's just like from a, a fan of the series, fan of dubs, like curiosity angle. Um, not sure if Reagan or the other cast have been recast. Um, Reagan is probably the only other character of note, unfortunately, that people would probably miss. Um, yeah, so in response to like, you know, what happened, um, I think it is, I mean, it's a huge shame. Um, my main takeaway is that this is probably a curse of Mob Psycho 100 being a B-tier series. If My Hero Academia had the same situation with its main character, there is, I think, no way it would have been recast. I mean, the new season isn't out yet, so I might be eating crow in a couple weeks. Um, (laughs) But I think that, like, you know, Mob Psycho, it doesn't get movies in movie theaters that are dubbed. My Hero Academia does. Uh, hey, so, hey, Mike, what's that uh, saying you say all the time? Oh, uh, it's something not important. Um, <laughs> I am very upset at that saying. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the content of that saying several times this episode, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like as far as like the series itself and like, you know, I think it's sad. I think it's, uh, again, sort of the curse of being a B-tier series. People will be upset, but it doesn't have, like, the, as as um, as Kevin was saying earlier, it doesn't have the posters in Walmart that Hiroaka does. Um, so I think Crunchyroll feels that they can get away with this a little bit easier. Um, one takeaway from your actual conversation um was uh the implication that uh anime voice actors will just retreat to the video game world uh for safety uh please tell that to the cast of blaze blue when they just decided not to dub the final game what Um, really wow final game in the blaze blue series they're just like let's not dub it even though every other game prior to that was dubbed and the weird crossover featuring ruby and whatever um persona for some reason was dubbed so the final narrative arc in blaze blue and the writer of blaze blue has left the company so the final ever blaze blue doesn't have an english dub it had an amazing english dub they dubbed everything the little bonus content um, all the c- little, like, you know, it's a visual novel with a fighting game grafted onto it. So, like, you know, it had such an elaborate dub, fantastic voice cast, and they just 
decided not to dub it and all the like actors were like preparing because they knew the game was coming out they were like oh cool we get to go back to it and then they're like oh yeah no dub this time um so that could happen also the controversy yeah the controversy with bayonetta this week uh so i knew i knew we'd have to bring up bayonetta in that same breath go ahead yeah so you know platinum nintendo sega whoever you want to blame uh offering to pay the original voice actor four thousand dollars for the entire game haha that's a joke um we'll maybe get into that a little bit but i do want to just you know bring up Video games aren't a safe haven. Voice actors are the bottom rungs of the theater slash uh, dramatic arts world for some reason, uh, probably below commercials. Um, the uh, With Super Smash Brothers, um, I've maybe mentioned this in the past, but Anthony Del Rio, the voice actor for Pit and Dark Pit in Smash Brothers, goes uncredited from Wii U yes, onward. Yes, that's been well known. Yes, been well Because... Yeah, I guess... Yeah, because Nintendo doesn't want to work with unions. So Anthony Del Rio is a union actor. So they're like, okay, we're going to recast you because you're union. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. I'll do it. Pay me. I'll just go uncredited. And this is why Cloud only has a Japanese voice in Smash Brothers, because at the time, the voice actor for Cloud was, you know, firmly within the union. And his specific contract said, you are the only person who can do an English voice for Cloud and you need to be credited. So because of that, the options were you don't get an English voice for Cloud in this game. That's it. <laughs> that's not an option. That's just it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I didn't know this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and there I mean are, options is to say there's two. Yeah. The, it can go a couple. Like, yeah. Okay. There are other actors in that game. Just, I think I really love Kid Icarus Uprising, but um, Lucina's uh, voice actress um, as well. Um, so. You know, and, you know, this is a bit of a tangent, but all the controversy and not controversy, but talk about, oh, why isn't Charles Martinet or Martinet the voice of Mario in the Mario movie? Um, well, I, and, I was about to bring up the trailer anyway. So. Yeah, and like the only voice actor is Kevin Michael Richardson, who's playing Kamek, awesome voice from the trailer. Um, but he's a stage and uh, screen actor anyways. Um, but, you know, the reason for that is your famous saying um and but like for you know this happened before scooby-doo movies like let's recast you know everyone but scooby-doo even though scooby-doo's voice actor plays um freddy uh so like voice actors are continuously screwed um probably unless you're mark hamill or kevin conroy and even then they're probably not or like you know there are you know some prominent voice actors rob paulson um but like that already yeah. had their money in yeah. Mark Hamill's case. See, but these younger anime video game voice actors, like, there's no protection for them. I totally get why they're trying to like strengthen themselves with the unions because they're constantly getting screwed over. Okay, going back to our conf- that part of the conversation then. Is this, would you put this as a product of, well, the voice acting segment of, of you, of acting is in a young enough stage. It hasn't matured enough. It hasn't evolved enough that it could go under a union because we, because theater, movie, television, that's had like a decades long, those have all had decades long head starts. 
And, and in comparison, the voice acting world, especially when it comes to anime and video games, isn't nearly as old. Probably not even a quarter as old. That, that could be a highball. Is this, is this one of those things where, okay, it's, there's, like, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of chaos within it. It hasn't had a time to really set its roots firmly into the ground well, they- and make it and show itself as that viable. Or is it because, well, the companies are just trying to make sure to disturb it and try and prevent those roots from ever setting? Well, there have been anime and game uh, voice acting for decades. And, you know, I get the impression that a lot of these people have, you know, been in unions at least for like years at this point. I think, and this is just complete speculation right now um, that I'm making based off of your your comments and your ep- on the episode l- um, last time. But I think part of the issue is that like voice acting is such an attractive career for a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot mm-hmm. of new voice actors come from the fan dub you know, scene. They come from loving watching, um, you know, dubbed anime on Toonami or YTV, and they get into this industry. And there are so many talented voice actors that some of them go to the union, some of them go to non-union, some of them are in Texas, some of them are just in California, like all the other regular, regular live action actors. (laughs) Um, You know, some of them are here in Toronto doing local Nelvana stuff. Um, and you know, the, whatever Beyblade equivalent is going on now. Um, (laughs) and like, you know, there are others in Vancouver still. So there are so many voice actors that they can work with that companies have the choice. Oh, do we want to do union? Yes. No. Okay. And there are plenty to go around that do have talent. Um, and because there are relatively, you know, there's, there's going to be a stink if people get recast, but you know, how many of those legacy, like how many of these mob psycho controversies are there going to be like in any given year? Probably not that many. Um, I think the closest is probably lies with the wrong person. Yeah. As in he, who, who, whose name we probably shouldn't say too much of. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's, that's the only name I could think of right now. At least, well, remember I said Steve Blum as well, but when it comes to Spike, it was like a three-line role, but Brawley was newly voiced in the latest BBC movie. No one noticed or cared. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I think most people, I'm sure, you know, his fandom cared, but I don't think that accounts to like a huge Dragon Ball audience cross. Oh, he was actually, it. he did reprise his role? No, he, he didn't. But like, you know, if he did, I it don't think there would have oh, been okay. a huge... You know, either okay, way, okay. I don't. I, I think, I don't think his voice is as synonymous with Brawley as it is with you know the FMA bro. Yes. Okay. First of all, I, I I don't know what else to add to that. I mean, okay, let me put it this way: Do you think this is a case of 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 big companies knowing that there's lots of quantity and quality in that quantity and it's young and easy to exploit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean that which 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 leads me into that argument again. It because the the because of all that talent being so young, so naive, so or just desperate in chaos at this point. Yeah, and so so in chaos and desperate at this point, not having that chance to set their roots, to know. Well, they're knowing that they can do better, but not knowing those avenues. I mean, but they're not getting familiar with those avenues. Because so not, go mo. I was gonna, I was gonna say because this could blow up real bad, you know, for who? The companies, right? Right. And so this is this is the companies trying to squash it before it has a chance to grow. I agree, but I feel like depending on on the show, right? It could, yeah, this could be testing the waters. Maybe they were planning to do this for My Hero Academia, and they're like, let's test it on a, exactly. you know, a, a popular show, but nothing too popular, and see what happens. So you don't think, like, okay, let's see them get away with this with, uh, with Bleach. Well, give me the most popular anim- anime that with a, in terms of its dub cast. And you know, my, hero, my Hero, you think it's My Hero? Yeah. Right now, yes. And you think they can't get away with that? No. Not with principal characters. Yeah. So, like, Midoriya, um, Bakugo, Bakugo. um, Hot Cold Guy, (laughs) 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 Todoroki, Todoroki. Yeah. Um, You know, so, like, those core three going to be in the movie characters, probably Sue and um, Uraraka, like, you know, these, but, like, you know, recasting Tailman, Sure, I guess. Like, it would suck for Tailman, but like, I don't think people would know. Um, Mineta, everyone hates him, so like, whatever. <laughs> but like, those sort of core five or six characters, I think would be risky, especially those core three. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, if they did. I, I can only. The only other people I would think. Sorry, what? Like the teachers, you know? I think All Might and. Uh, yeah. And I think. Who's the. Who's the black-haired guy that uses shadows? Eraserhead? Yes, Eraserhead is probably safer. Yeah, like All Might specifically. I know this is a very Canadian thing, but whenever I hear the Food Basics ad, I just think of All Might. Like, it's a very (laughs) similar voice. Um, I can't listen to that Food Basics ad without hearing All Might. Um, Mind you, you, the um, no-frills ads probably have more more in common with anime yeah. at least some of the more recent ones i mean i i know i know dave merrill thinks that <laughs> if, it, if if some of the no frills ads oh, ends up in anime hell. Though, yeah galen pay those people more those are good <laughs> marketing campaigns <laughs> okay just from all of this the one other thing i just want to say uh, before we move on is mark hamill played majima in in Yakuza, like the very like the first Yakuza back on PS2, I think it was, was dubbed at the time, and Mark Hamill played Majima, and that's the only that's the only English dub ever given to any Yakuza game, or like a Dragon game, really, uh, right up until right up until um right up until number seven, okay, because where they where they really started to focus on the English, oh, it wouldn't it be six, huh? Wouldn't it be six? six. Yeah. Uh, wait. So, uh, no, that was Song of Life. That was the last one with um, with Kiryu. No, it's the seventh edition. Yeah. So, like, like a dragon. They dubbed right? six, didn't they? 
No, they didn't. Really? Oh. No, they didn't. They didn't. So. But. So I would have been curious to see how what type of how Mark Hamill could have handled Majima as he was in Yakuza Zero. Just for reference. I thought that would have been a really interesting interesting turnaround because of the way the character is first introduced and what he goes through in Zero. Right? Um and, and they re, and they follow that up in Kiwami too, I heard. In some form. I've yet to start playing it, but I'm well aware of it. Okay, so Kyle McCarley, in the in re, in the weeks since we did episode, well, this is episode seventy two now. So in episode seventy one, when we did that three weeks ago, he has spoken with Anime News Network, or more specifically, and I want to make sure I get some of the give credit where this is this is due um, with the cartoon cipher. And he said a bunch of interesting things just to, it sounded like just to clear the air, just to clarify some of the, um, some of the things, at least his side, the way he he, his side of the story and some of the timeline and some of what he was going for. I think the biggest uh, thing that, uh, that stuck out to me and I just skimmed the article, I'll probably do a longer read of it. And James gave us this uh, this a couple weeks ago around the time it actually happened. I think the biggest takeaway I got was he wasn't necessarily looking for to become unionized for mob psycho itself. And he wasn't necessarily trying to ensure that in completely for the future, not like take it or leave it. But the constant phrase I keep hearing in this in this interview was just a meeting, just a conversation, and he just, and he goes on to say, you know, people say, well, what good is a boycott? Like he keeps hearing, okay, what uh, about you know people wanting to boycott, but others are saying, what's the point of a boycott? It's not as if the big wigs, people at the very top, are going to feel it. So what's the point of not giving your money? And McCarley, for his part, has said he's not going to go out and encourage people to boycott, but he understands the sentiment and appreciates the support. But he also added, in the end, for these big wigs, for these big executives, whoever is at the very top, what's, what's important to them is always the bottom line. So if you want to go down that route, he encouraged people to, when they hit the unsubscribe button and they see the survey that says, we're sorry you're going, can you tell us why you're canceling your subscription? He's encouraging people to fill it in and tell, tell them why. You stand with SAG. You stand with the union. Hashtag just a conversation. Or just a meeting. That's it. Just a meeting. Now I want to uh, now that's that's the part that stuck out in the skim. I want to read it a little bit more. Life kind of gets in the way of you doing these type of things. 
So maybe that's a space shooter chat later on. But that's just there. Oh, coming back to the Bayonetta thing, since we since that that came up, right, 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 uh, Kevin, right, um, Amy. Ah, uh, yeah. The other thing in that article that stuck out was was the um, response, specifically from uh, what's his name, Hideki Kamiya. And what is Cameo's role again? The executive director. I know he's the head, but who the hell does he think he is with that type of response? Isn't he a co-founder? I guess. He's big, I guess. That is a hell of a response. What What the blank type of response is that? What the fuck type of response is that? An indignant one. I mean, you know, the, I'm kind of, I I mean, that is okay. This you you go first. Yeah. Go Go ahead, Kevin. Cause I, 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 I I can, I'm, I'm, I I wasn't, it's not as if I was ever going to buy Bayonetta. I'm not really a fan. I was never a fan to start. Well, boy, I feel like boycotting just based on that dickish response. So based on the random discourse I've seen on Twitter, it's apparently an open secret that Hideki Kamiya is a jackass. And people are also speculating that there must be something more to this in that maybe they didn't want to bring her back so they purposely gave her an insulting offer because Jennifer Hale is now the new voice of Bayonetta and she is an established voice actress and people are thinking that there's no way she would have taken $4,000 yeah that's that's part of the uh, story that's the thing that's why people are thinking there must be something going on behind the scenes, or maybe one person hates the other. Like we don't know. Nothing has been, nothing has come out yet in that regard. Well, at, least long, at least a little bit more off from that side of the story. Helena Taylor has, I think, said plenty. So I guess we're gonna see what type of, you know. I, I I really want to. I'm I'd be curious to hear any more on that story. It's juicy enough. So if you haven't heard, um, Camia pre or Camia um, previous to, um, well not previous, but I would say on Twitter he's most famous for being the blocked guy. Um, oh, oh yes, I remember this where now. Yeah. After and. any single tweet, whether it's "Hey, I love your game" or "I hate your game" or "Here's an essay about you know something related to what you were talking about," um, 
he would respond with variations of thanks blocked or blocked or this is the best comment I've ever heard blocked. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, he thinks very highly of himself. I think clearly, um, I, you know, get the impression that he likes being a troll. Um, he said very awkward things regarding even Bayonetta itself, um, compared to some of the other creators and, um, on the series who have been really sort of, you know, introspective and like, um, you know, interesting, like the character designers and such. Um, so like his response doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not, not that I knew who this guy was. Neither did I. Uh, to be honest, it's it's. Uh, I'm a bit conflicted because I do have Bayonetta three pre-ordered. I actually haven't played much of the games, but I pre-ordered the limited Bayonetta one re-release for the Switch as well because I played mm. a little bit of it back in the PS3, Xbox 360 era at a friend's house. Okay. Well, I don't know. They, they, I mean, this like there's a whole bunch of angles we can take to the whole dubbing thing now, right? Great story, though. Curious to see more. I'm curious to like how much how much this uh, how much legs this has. It's it's interesting compared to a lot of other sort of recast uh, controversies in the past because, you know, unless it's something, you know, like Brawley and Edward's voice actor, um, it's rarely a situation where one character or a few characters get recast. It's usually entire um, casts. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, most um, maybe famously with Pokemon and Sonic the Hedgehog, where they switch studios. So they're like, yeah, we don't want to pay anyone except for Mike Pollock in the case of Sonic uh, to come back. Um, So we're going to just recast almost everyone. In both cases, I think weirdly one voice actor remained um, while the others were switched. Um, So like it's, and with, with those cases, like, um, and I think even probably with the mob case, um, voice actors tend to be not very like petty, um, like Veronica Taylor has been, I think, really, um, you know, supportive, at least in what how she speaks of uh, Sarah Nadocheni, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Um, the new voice of Ash, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be ill will. Um, yeah, all this- I mean, that's not- yeah. Sorry, I was about to say, I'm not totally sure that that sentiment is uh, with. Um- with Miss, uh, with, with oh, uh, yeah. Helena. Th- this is, a, I think, this is a little bit of a new, a new case because this does seem like, as you were saying, like something more is going on in the background um, <clears throat> versus just like you know a, a company switching studios or things like that. Like this does seem, this does seem different. Um, both stories seem a little bit different, but especially the Bayonetta one. Mm-hmm. I think there's more, I think there's more, what's the word I'm looking for? Anger there? I think there, I think there's, there's a little bit more, um, not amicable, 
Yeah. That's for sure. It's it, it certainly uh, sounds more contentious. What's the word? What, give me an. Uh, what's uh, what would be the opposite of amicable? Here, I, I know the word is on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I keep outrage? wanting to think venomous, contentious. <laughs> right. All right. Maybe I can. Maybe I can Google that right now. Maybe I will. <laughs> It's, it is um, interesting, like just taking it back to what Kevin was antagonistic saying. Antagonistic yeah. or friendly, hostile. Yeah. Okay. What Kevin was saying uh, last episode, it's such an interesting contrast with how Japan generally handles things, where, like, unless someone has a long term illness or dies, they're pretty much like the character, like they're linked to the character for life. Oh. Versus yeah, well, like, tell that to, tell that to um, Yui Horie and uh, Toru Honda. For the most part, but I mean, like in general, we've had like five Sonics, three Mario's, like three or four Goku's. Like it's it's interesting that you know, like how many Spider Mans have we had? Like you know, it's it's a it's interesting. Like how many Batmans? I can I can probably like I can't name multiple animated Batmans off my head. Why can? Um, but like you know that. It's it is a different um, reverence, I think, um, and a different. Um, I mean, I, to be fair, I think American media, like we have different interpretations, multiverse, if you want to take like on a uh. internal scale, um, which allows for the different casting versus like anime manga doesn't do that multiverse thing as often or that different interpretations. Like there's you know, no like ultimate Dragon Ball uh, or, you know, um, you know, the Earth 2 card cap. Well, there is Earth 2 card captors, I guess. Um, bad example. Um, <laughs> there's no like, you know, um, you know, Earth Zero, um, Berserk or Fruits Baskets or things like that. Although I do feel like that sentiment is slowly changing in Japan. It's not as form? it's not as ironclad as it used to be in terms of keeping the original cast. I still think it's yeah. more often than not that they'll keep it, but it's it used to be all but like yes, they are going to be that person until they die or they're just too too old. But like in the case of Fruits Basket, the whole cast was changed in Japan. And that might have, and I think that was Takaya's personal request. Yes, that was that was Natsuki Takaya's mandate, yes. If she wanted to distance herself from any form in any every possible form from the from the first anime. Yeah, because there were those rumors that uh, her and Nakitaro Daichi didn't agree with the direction mm. of the anime. It's more than just a rumor. Somebody update me. Mm-hmm. But, and about a third. Okay. Sorry, I was just going to say about a third of Shaman King in both English and Japanese were changed as well. Okay, and I okay. know uh, D. Grayman when they made that new season after several years, uh, I believe that cast had changed too, and on the Japanese side, uh, and also with the upcoming Roni Kenshin anime, I believe that's a new cast too. It is, it is, and it, that was big part of the um, like they were interviewed as part of Anaplex Fest. Um, but now that you brought it up, uh, brought up the you know Japan comparison. Act, uh, and, and, and on the topic of of reverence and reverings, Japanese seiyu. How close are Japanese seiyu are to being mainstream celebrity-like personalities in comparison 
to North American voice actors. Because remember, we I said, okay, where are we further? How far along are we um, in terms of acting about in terms of the impressions of actors, like firmly putting down roots in North America? Voice actors probably don't have that type of rootedness that stage actors, television actors, movie actors may have in North America. But now that you've brought it up, what type of roots do Japanese say you have when it comes to like Japanese, like mainstream Japanese entertainment there? I think because, because if, I, if I'm to use that thinking, I'm thinking at the very least, that's a little further along, but the hell do I know? That's my impression as well, that it's a little further along. Because at least enough to notice. Because there are, well, in most cases, it seems like there's that emphasis of being that triple threat that you need to be able to sing, you need to be able to perform, and you need to be able to possibly dance, depending on which avenue you take. You have to have a degree of stage presence, in-person stage presence, and. Sometimes one avenue takes off better than the other. So one example would be Nana Mizuki, who I believe started as a voice actor, but is now more known as a singer Mm -hmm. because she now has an established music career and will perform at Budokan and other big venues in Japan. The name that comes to mind for me, and this isn't anime related. Gact? No, because <laughs> Gact, interestingly enough, if if it's if it's if I'm remembering this correctly, Gact became uh, a big personality TV show person as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't doubt that. See, I was thinking Aki Shibuya, who you don't probably don't know, but she was an actress. She was an actress. I think she was in The Grudge. And then in over the last 10 years, she became more of a TV presenter on NHK World. Right now, to the point, she is now their lead news anchor for their 7 p.m. program, Newsroom Tokyo. Or 8 p.m. program. She, but, she, but, in her spare, but she still maintains a presence. I think she still does theater, uh, she still does theater in her spare time. So you have these multi-talented, triple-threat-type characters who dabble in a bunch of other things and probably talk about a bunch of other, you know, other issues, too. But there's a degree of, like, but whereas our performers here have a degree of one dimension, single dimension, talent to them so i would least, i would uh, take uh, issue no. i would take issue with that quite intensely um okay let's hear okay I, so that is how these people have been funneled i don't think it's necessarily um you know mm-hmm. what their their talents like i don't think it's evident of of what their entire talents are okay yeah i think i was about to get to this part of it and I, I think that factory, the idol, uh, maybe an idol factory type thing. Is this what you're getting at, or is a this little bit? Or- but like in North America, keep in mind there is Hollywood as this like 
you know, top of the, of the kingdom type of thing where you have, you know, you are a Hollywood actor, you're on movies. This is the most expensive, famous you can get. There's nothing above it. And then below that is prestige TV. And then there's regular TV. And then below that, like somewhere there's the place where cartoon voice actors and streaming, like streaming only, um, like YouTube type streamers might exist. Or theater even. Yeah. Well, theater probably even below that, like who knows like the name of any, like, I guess some, but like, you know, theater only person, like, um, actors, they're mm-hmm. far less known in North America. The entire system is different in Japan where like they don't have a Hollywood equivalent. Like musicians can be just as famous as a voice actor can be just as famous as a movie actor. Like no, maybe not exactly, but it feels like there's less of a steep drop there. And so many North American voice actors are incredibly talented actors or singers or theater actors, but maybe they're not conventionally attractive enough. So are incredibly, um, you know, body image focused, um, you know, cis white, you know, let's get the prettiest air quotes people possible onto the big screen. Um, You know, everything is surrounded about that. So, I mean, that's not not Chris Prisps. Chris Pratt's fault. No, it's it's not. But like you know, there is more opportunities for for voice actors if you are someone not traditionally attractive or a different race. At least you know traditionally, um, things are changing and things are shifting so much. Like if you think about like the popularity of streamers and that, um, and idols and VTubers, like things are getting disrupted. Um, but like you know, North American voice actors. Oftentimes they are just as talented actors as these celebrities. It's just we have such a weird celebrity culture in North America where it's box office over talent a lot of the time. Um, so if you are attractive and charismatic, it doesn't matter how good of an actor or you can be a good actor, but, you know, it doesn't like, you know, it, it will be an advantage um, and this trickles down the line where like that's still a factor in in TV and prestige TV. Um, and then you go further down to down the line to animation or to theater acting or um, audiobook um, acting where like it doesn't, you know, the looks and the sort of generic um, or like, um, you know, um, general charisma um, looks and that sort of thing. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay. I mean, I think you, it, it just sounds like it's less factory and more East West. Yeah. Culture. Right. Every, the be all and end all is Hollywood. In the West. There is, and whereas in say eight in a lot of Asia and Japan, what's that be all end all? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, there there isn't as there isn't a be all end all unless you want to count Hollywood, where you have all these you know well in Asia pretty as well, Americas, right? Americans, right? So, but like as far as like their domestic you know products, like there might be some level of of reverence and like you know um, pedestal placement of of cinematic actors, but I don't think it's as dramatic as it is here. Okay. 
but still leads to when it comes down to it, it's still voice actors for us. Like, I mean, that's part of our conversation. That's the conversation we've been having here. It's, I mean, where to go with next? That's the thing, <laughs> right? What are we aiming at? And what does, like, obviously when we talk anime, we, we always have to refer to Japan as well. And this is not to say what goes on in Japan is any better. There's a different type. There's a different, just different type of bad going on there. It's just because I think every uh, enough, uh, I think more people are going poor there, or have to be yeah. more creative, and, or, and then and then, but some have more creative ways to find to be able to make income too. We talked about so we said voice actors doing more public appearance, uh, public appearances that are probably more you know, part of the normal culture there. The meet and greets, the handshake stuff. And if you think about idols, like there's so many restrictions, like you can't date, well, yeah, you have to go is, to like different is, places alone. Like. And they can't and they can't associate and have yeah, I get that. And that's why that's why the fa- that's why I have, maybe the, the factory isn't all that either. I think it's such a big like just cultural difference. Like cultural difference and a different type of exploitation. Yeah. But I don't know what else to add to this right now. Aside from I should read that article. <laughs> and then we'll we'll continue from there. Oh and I do I and on the topic of recasting, I think I'm pretty sure Urusei Atsura was recasted as well. Although I think some of the original voices from it are back as into it too, just as different characters now. Although I'll have to look that up. And, and for what it's worth, in terms of boycotting or canceling my the Crunchyroll subscription, I I I mean, I like mine. I know I, I know uh, it'll renew sometime in December. I know that I was charged roughly seventy dollars for an entire year last year. Have no clue if that'll be the case when it's up for renewal later. Be nice, but just wouldn't shock me if it goes up. But that's my other. That's my outlet. Get the feeling my two bucks, and then I get the feeling my two bucks will go into a um, Shonen Jump subscription soon too. After I'm done with the Disney one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know. As I said, is there anything else we want to add to this or should we just move on? Cause um, we're about 80, 80 some odd minutes in. I think um, this is just a frustrating thing to read about overall. What if we take a break, come back or, something fun? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's get to it now. Actually, Ooh. we, you know, we don't do really do breaks anymore. Right. As we tape. I think you just meant like, Break into something different. Okay. Segway. Segway. Way to go. Okay. Segway off a cliff. Let's go into... Okay, let's uh, go into some of this. Uh, Do we want... Okay, I saw some of the bullets you just put up, uh, Kevin. Do you want to acknowledge any one of these? Hunter x Hunter, Cardcaptor Sakura, Clear Card Manga, ending in the 14th volume. 
They can end something. Well, not that they could never end something, but uh, yeah. It just decides to end something, yeah. It looks like they're ending it, which is fine. Uh, The rumor is that they will resume Holic Ray. So. Okay. I'm looking forward to that if it happens. See, it's just interesting to me, like, Clear Card came out, I think the anime series came out back in 2018, I believe, if memory serves me right. Okay. And it ended basically on a cliffhanger. Mm, okay. Sorry, that's a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? Yeah, whatever. But, but um, like, you just knew there was more, like, the story had, like, you were wondering if there would, they would add more to that story. And to this point, they haven't. And I don't, I'm not anticipating it because they want you to buy the manga. I would if I had space for it. Or if I would if I had to guarantee my sister wouldn't steal it later on. As she has with a lot of my other collection. Anyway. Uh, let's see. I would okay. say... Okay. Or should I? Should we uh, really uh, get uh, Amy going again? Or do we do we want to acknowledge the whole Tokyo Olympics corruption thing since it took down a few executives from Katakawa? What? Or do you think that's more for James? <laughs> corruption James? at the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't find a direct anime um, link to this one. It's just fascinating. That, I mean, with uh, the Olympics is a fascinating thing. Obviously, we've talked at length about it, had fun with it, uh, Mo, last year, when we talked after the opening ceremonies. I'm just flabbergasted. Corruption? Sure you are. <laughs> you told me FIFA's corrupted? Oh, he, well, yeah, <laughs> it's one in one A, right? I mean, who, I mean... I mean, does the president um, does the president of FIFA make the president of the IOC look like the Pope, or is it the other way around? I mean, neither. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good thing that here in Canada we have Hockey Canada. True. To- oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let's uh, let's let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's our say it ain't so moment here in Canada, right? Oh, anyway, uh, maybe I'll save that for another time because uh, there's another one that just was hilarious to talk about. A couple of days ago, I saw this meme, or yeah, I guess a meme, maybe it might be the word on Facebook. But I found out it was a link to a longer article. So Anime Underground put up a meme uh, with a couple pictures from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with the caption, Best Starter Anime? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of the most beloved series in anime history. According to many fans, it's also a perfect gateway anime for those who aren't big into the medium. With an incredible story, cool action sequences, and lovable characters, it's hard not to argue that it's the perfect starter anime for newbies. The only problem with full FMAB being your first anime 
is that it might ruin other series for you. It wasn't the... um, Now, the suggestion is fine. Because I think that... And the link leads to... The link leads to a discussion or a list or whatever Amy is about to call it of anime, a list of anime for beginners. And I think lists in the neighborhood of 50 some odd titles. Right. On that list, My Hero Academia, One Punch Man, uh, Naruto. And then there are some titles that I don't personally recognize. Cowboy Bebop's number 12 on this list. Fairy Tale, Tokyo Ghoul, Code Geese, Erased. I'm just skimming through the list now. Maid Sama, Food Wars, the original Kenshin, Champloo, Trigun. I'm just surprised they don't have the actual correct anime on there. In what sense? I mean, everyone knows the best first anime is Shield 21, right? Sure, could be. I mean, you can't go any better than that, right? Mm-hmm. Good old Shield. <laughs> um... But yeah, some of these, uh, the, looking at the list, there are titles that look interesting, but I'd never heard of. A lot of it came out probably during the purgatory years. So, I mean, if anything else, it's a discussion. What I, the, the bit in that uh, meme I just showed you, or just read out, is the last sentence. The only problem with blank being your first anime is that it might ruin other series for you, and it Hence, why I shield. <laughs> it harkened back to an old conversation I had with Neil's roommate, Simon, many years ago. And he just said, I can't, like, I can't think of any other anime as great. And this was like in the late 90s, early aughts. I can't think of any other anime as great because... They're all going to suck to me, mainly because Cowboy Bebop ruined it for me. And I thought, that's what this comment reminded me of. And it just had me thinking. But Full Metal Alchemist? Really? You think that's the one that could ruin it for people? Okay, uh, okay. Do you want to say anything, Amy, right now, or do you want I me mean, to just continue? I'm, I'm ready to be unleashed at any moment, whenever you. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> whatever you, know, you want, want to be unleashed happen. right now. It's obviously to me, it's subjective. Sometimes I look at people, and you know, as I learn, as I get to know people. And they know I'm an anime fan. They'll ask me, okay, can you recommend something? And what I end up recommending doesn't it changes depending on what I know of that person, what I know they like. Yeah, because that's rational. Right? Like to a former colleague at when I worked at the vaccine clinics here in the West End, I recommended uh, knowing about her wanting to spend a little bit more time with her daughter. And knowing she had Netflix, I actually recommended Demon Slayer to her. And she was just, and after I knew she watched a couple episodes, she actually liked the story. She didn't, cro- she didn't come across to me as somebody who could get into it. 
And she even tried to pull her daughter into watch, but the daughter was (laughs) cool for that. But she actually told me she really liked the story. Others I might uh, others I might recommend something like Great Pretender because maybe they were into something like Now You See Me or The Ocean's Eleven. But it really, really, it's one of those mileage varies type things. Okay, change her off, Amy. Okay, yeah. So, you know, you have the, I was going to say correct approach, but you have an approach that I think is far more healthy than the idea of something like Full Metal Alchemist or Cowboy Bebop ruining all other anime for you. That is ridiculous. What com- oh, I think it's a what comic thought. what comic book would you recommend to someone trying to get into comic books? Oh, I don't know. How about, you know, the um you know, Holocaust analog of mouse or the fun, you know, all ages adventure like fantasy adventure of bone, or you have uh um, you know, something like Neil Gaiman's Sandman, so psychological that crosses over a little bit into superhero. Like, the fact that people are still trying to group anime all together in 2022 is ridiculous. Now, I will sort of, I mean, okay, first of all, yeah, calling that thing a list is very charitable. Um, second of all, the link to that list says Full Metal, Al- uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Number one on that lo- list is the regular Full Metal Alchemist or the pre-Brotherhood anime series that diverges from the manga, which I would actually agree is a better introduction because Brotherhood actually rushes through the first couple arcs. Yes. They assume everyone has already watched it in the first anime or read the manga. So Brotherhood being the best intro, I I don't know about that for that <laughs> one reason. <laughs> Forget it being the be- best intro. Turned into anime, it might be not. It may not be even number one for Full Metal Alchemist. Is that what you're getting? Yes, at? exactly. Oh, like yes. the, the original Full Metal Alchemist anime probably is better. Is it a better series narratively? Maybe not, but it's probably an easier access point. It was a victim of um, the times. Yeah, and it diverges in an interesting way. People disagree, but I think the weird real world stuff at the end is kind of cool. It's silly. Um, but anyways, so like the one thing I will give Full Metal Alchemist is, I mean, I, I like the series, um, is that its genre is kind of interestingly vague. Like it is fantasy, but it's grounded enough that I think it can be accessible for people who aren't into fantasy or science fiction. Um, there's just enough of it. So like, it's kind of like lost in that way, right? Like it's, it's a genre fiction, but you know, there's some stuff there that could be attractive to, you know, non-genre people. And that's the intended, you know, attraction to Cowboy Bebop too, right? But Cowboy Bebop is this very specific, like noir space western that like sure if your favorite other show is firefly maybe cowboy bebop and if only you if the only thing you like is firefly yeah maybe cowboy bebop ruin all other anime for you but like how is cowboy bebop gonna ruin sergeant frog or wandering sun or like great pretender or maybe great pretender but like you know gundam or code geass like there are so many like different genres like I know this is like the most repeated, like, you know, early anime lecture um, introduction, but it's just Japanese animation. Like it's such a broad category. 
trying. I know it's not a genre; it's a medium. Yeah, and like looking at that list, like recent recency biased much? Like, I'm sure you know Demon Slayer and One Punch Man. I'm sure they're great. Um, I've seen One Punch Man technically, but like those being, like especially Demon Slayer being at number two, like that is just recency recency bias. Like again, I haven't seen it. I've seen animate like animated clips. Beautiful, sure, but like as an intro to like anime, the one okay, so with Demon Slayer, it is based on like you know, there's some Japanese myths and legends there, so I will sort of again give it credit. Oh, good, you're introducing you know, Japanese culture and legends into things. Um, but if you don't like shonen action, then Gegege no Kitaro is going to be a better introduction to the same subject matter. If you'd rather a slice of life kind of comedy, there's decades of different versions of that for you to watch. Or if you're a kid, Yokai Watch is going to be a better introduction to that topic. Um, yeah, so like the idea of this list pisses me off. Um, the sentiment of, um, a series ruining other anime as a whole for you is very frustrating for me. What a silly list. Like some of the things that are on that, like is like, sure. Yeah. Introduce that to someone and they probably will never watch another animated series again. Um, like if, if, no, but if they're not into it, right? That's a bullet right there, right? But like, if you are, if like, if you have like, let's let's bring up the stupid list. Um, like, <laughs> if you have no interest in some of these series, then it's not going to like it. You're going to be like pulled away from from anime. So, okay, Death Note is on the list at number three. I'll give you that. Like, you know, it is that's probably a good one if you're into murder mystery thrillers. Um, and haven't seen an animated series before, and you think, oh, I didn't know you could have an animated murder thriller, That's or Supernatural as well. That sounds cool. Yeah, I will watch that. Perfect, if you're into that. If you love Friends or Seinfeld, Death Note isn't going to be the one for you. Something like Osamatsu-san is going to be mm-hmm. what you should be um, mm. introduced. Hunter Hunter, like, Hunter Hunter and something like My Hero Academia as four and five. If you're not into like, you know, bouncy, fun, like shonen action, not a great choice. Like Attack on Titan, a little bit recency bias as well. Assassination Classroom, I'm impressed is at nine. I love it. Um, but again, if you don't have interest in like this, like, again, kind of shonen um, action show with this like backdrop of like, you know, school. And then Spirited Away is on here for some reason. Like Ghibli movies, I think should be a different category. How many other Ghibli movies are on here? Why does it take so long to get more to more of them? One Piece and Fairy Tale, yeah, introduce a thousand episode series for your friend and watch them cry. Like I can go on and on, but like, you know, there's there's some ridiculous stuff here. Um Dragon Ball Z is a non-anime fan. Like maybe if the person is nine that would be great um you know from dragon ball to naruto right there (laughs) yeah i mean trigon i think should be higher up on the list like no that's a good i I had fun with that one and going back to going back to simon he thought very well of it Uh, but i i didn't but i I don't remember at the time revisiting his line and is re-zero really the first isekai on this list like that's you know i 
isekai has a whole other discussion but like isekai well, I like, sword art that was first oh okay i guess my mind blocked it out of that <laughs> um sailor moon at 37 seems a bit low the fact that is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon is like above some other things like above Gurren Logan, like Gurren Logan has problem with fans, problems with fan service it's above Helsing it's above Promise Neverland that's a great one for like someone who has trouble with some of the things that push uh, um, people away from anime Log Horizon at 47 I think if you're going to introduce someone into the concept of isekai that's actually the best Case Closed at 50 that's another one I think people would actually be interested in if you weren't into anime or animation oh. in general like this I, list is silly but also myself. a super long series in its own right yeah, yeah but it's yeah. more episodic right so like yes. that's an advantage Detec- detective conan has you could show them episode 285 or episode 5 and there probably wouldn't be a huge difference like except for maybe the animation quality it's why i sometimes um, recommend gintama Depending it's on the almost person. like a funny, yeah. Because it's also mm-hmm. very like episodic as well, for the most part. The, pr- the problem with Gintama, though, is that a lot of its humor is derived from knowledge of animes and specifically shown in anime tropes. Like not all of it, but mm-hmm. you know, a good thirty percent of the humor is is there. And I think that's another thing to consider to with introducing anime to people is that this is a weird thing to say. Um, how either Japanese or how anime is the anime series that you're recommending. Indeed. There are, there are certain series that are filled with either tropes or unfortunate things like fan service or an overuse of things like the sweat drops or like, you know, the different eye expressions. Um, Or there are things that are more grounded that are probably going to turn some people off. Like who are you recommending this to? Like, I can't believe there's such like a blanket statement in this year of like of trying to introduce someone to anime as a thing. Spirited Away being the only Ghibli movie on here. Like what is going on? Like again, calling this a list. Not it's a fan Like what? It's a fan made list. All of this all this list is is a popularity contest where yep. like a couple hundred people on a Discord say, "Hey, they didn't vote Hunter Hunter high enough. Let's all click the button a hundred times." Um yeah, okay. That Any happens questions? with the my <laughs> anime list top 100 as well as even the ANN one. Yeah, because I mean, people will constantly fight to make sure Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the top ranked anime. Because I remember seeing, uh, I remember when Your Name came out, and sometimes I check those lists just out of pure curiosity, and I noticed like Your Name was creeping up higher and higher because of recency bias. It's a good film, but recency bias plays into this, and. I th- it got very close. It got into like the top three or f- two, even I think it even got to number two, or maybe it did get to one or one. I didn't check every day, but I remember like seeing how eventually Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood would be back at number one, and I wonder why that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's it's aesthetically this cool like soft steampunk thing like you know to some degree i get the two fmas being high up on the list 
but like it does it's not going to appeal to everyone like i guess you know there's some degree of its popularity has shown that it can appeal to a large amount of people sure but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to like it and the full metal fit metal the Full Metal Alchemist fans are passionate as well because they want to make sure their yeah. show is number one. Why do you well, Why do you it, think who he who must not it's, be it's named? Endured. Why do you think he who must not be named has any sort of fans and energy left? Like it's because of Full Metal Alchemist. This would not he wouldn't be as powerful just because of Host Club. As much as I love Host Club. Okay. Oh, there's there's your. Uh... Yeah, it's Rant's over, right? You know, Rant's it's, over, right? It's are you House Club interesting? would be a good series. I mean House Club would be a uh, host club would be interesting. Devin? Oh, I was just saying how it took until what number twenty seven for a title traditionally targeted to girls was on oh, the list <laughs> with Maid Sama. Uh Inuyasha is technically shonen, technically targeted to boys in Japan, but despite since being having a cross gender interests, like besides both, you know, all all genders enjoying that one, and like I guess it just shows also like how much like Cowboy Bebop and Spirit Away have endured for them to be so high up. Uh, yeah, okay. Origami, I think, is a very intriguing choice at thirteen because it does have it does have its strong um, emotional moments, especially in season two. Uh, ironically enough, because uh, season two is technically its own series, so to speak. But yeah, I just I always like you know I don't think all these shonen jump series being so high up is really warranted no uh i I do think one piece should be a bit higher because i actually am of the opinion that one piece is a safer title to introduce to people because it's more light-hearted in the beginning because i'm always of the opinion that if people really want to catch up they will they'll make the effort I've seen plenty of people get caught up in it. Mm. Uh, other intriguing, other intriguing uh, titles listed. I want to give them a thought after because you. Um, okay, give me. Go ahead. What was it? I saw Saber Marionette J further down the list. <laughs> wow, there's a name, and, and and has that been re-released? By the way, no. At this to the stage. I think so, boy. I think somebody, whoever bought that off of me from at the Nomonoichi a few years, some years back, got a deal. See, for me, it ends at number eighty. I guess without pressing the, <laughs> the next page. So, Saber Marionette J is seventy nine. Mazinger Z seventy seven. Is Layers seventy six? See, that's Slayers is interesting because that's had enduring. That's had its own enduring power. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Probably. Slayers is probably going to be a better choice for you than Gundam Sea Destiny. Like, come <laughs> on! Like, is Made in the Abyss on this list? Uh, I don't think I saw it. Because- and the only, probably one of the few. Well, aside from Mirror Sage, the only other reason to want to subscribe to High Dive. 
But like, that's another one where I think that like, it's, it's cerebral and kind of like, for lack of a better word, like literary, like intellectual enough that like, I think, you know, people who haven't seen anime, like that might intrigue people. Like it's scary. It's sad, but yeah. Okay. There, there's something. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can Bakuno's go off on this list, list like a hundred times. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Bakuno, is, I, is, I always like to recommend Bakuno. And you know it, what? Like, even it's Dura, a good, um, or, it's a good show. Even Dorora, I'd say, is okay. Like, I think um, Bakano is better. But, like, I think, you know, that Dorora would be a good second. Like, oh, did you like Bakano? Here's a bit of a weirder one. Watch the By first the season, person. see what yeah. you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, that would be a cool list. What are the best second anime to series to show people? <laughs> I think that is a more fascinating list. Like, how do you... Um, if, Follow up? Yeah, how if you That's like a list. series, what is a series that would keep people interested in the medium or, like, the... Um, the sort of surrounding genre, so like anime sci-fi or anime fantasy, like what are good second ones? There's a part of me that's what, that from my own personal standpoint would want to have that discussion. <laughs> I'm wondering, I think, I think though, it's just that for others, the worry is always keeping them like just getting into the medium in the first place. I think, but I, I think the engage, but, but it's kind of like saying, it's it takes more work to like to keep your customers than to gain new ones or something like that or the type of work you put in to gain new customers and the type of work you put in to keep your current customers ooh black lagoons on this list at 53 anyway. mo yes okay give me a thought since uh you know the other two are the other two have dominated that this part. It's all good. So <laughs> movie versus TV show. That's my big concern. Mm. Oh yeah, but because you're the movie. Guy, right? the movie. Like I see a Kira on this list, so it's like, do I recommend that? Or One Piece? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so some of it is based on okay, what can you sit down to watch? Exactly. And how long can you sit down yeah. to watch? That's actually a fair statement too. I, I mean, now I mean he just threw another thought yeah. into that. It's less it, like it may not be necessarily based on a television series. It could be just a feature. Like, how much does this person like watching TV or movies in the first place? Like, if they don't recommend an OVA or a movie or a thirteen-episode series, like, there are so many factors. I feel like list. you have to fill out a questionnaire before giving us there. No, figure out. The job. Well, that's why that's why I become familiar with who's at uh, like with my um with people who've asked. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I do think that the second sort of the follow up um, question is interesting because, like, you know, I was thinking about like series or like a situation where like someone has introduced me with something. To something I liked it, but then I never followed through. And the only thing I could think of was um, someone like I kind of a weird situation of like, there's echoes. I mentioned I was into comics and someone in a class I was taking said, Oh, have you read 30 days of night? 
And like, you know, previously I'm reading manga and superheroes and um, Bone and, you know, maybe the most intense I've read has been Sandman and Swamp Thing at this point. Hmm. Um, they're like, oh, I'll give you 30 Days of Night. I'll just give you my like collector's box. I don't, I have, I've read it. So I'm like, oh, thank you. So I'm reading this kind of dark, you know, isola- isolation-y uh, vampire story. And I thought it was great. Amazing. Cool. I'm reading a horror comic that's fairly modern. Um, but I, it's not a genre I love. Like, I don't want to read more horror comics. I'm not particularly like engaged with this particular author. Um, mm-hmm. kind of, once again, Junji Ito. Yeah. Like it was great. I enjoyed reading it, but like, well, but you know, Junji Ito, I think is different. I'd be curious about reading more from him. Um, but like, you know, as far as like Western vampire horror comics, like, I don't want to read more of them if I encounter one that has an interesting premise, sure. But like, you know, I'm I'm done otherwise. Um, so it's it's interesting. Like, are you trying to introduce like a partner into anime that you like or a really close friend? Um, where you actually do want them to watch multiple things, or are you, are you fine if they're just like, Oh yeah, that was good. No more for me, please. Like <laughs> you know what in all uh, in all this discussion is and you know maybe we we should start ending ending yeah, yeah, the episodes <laughs> the two hour mark no no it was great i mean i loved what uh, it was all you know just love the the thought the whole thought but just to distill it for me now i might just take youtuber misinformed's advice on recommendations just look at the pictures and figure out which one's the best girl. Mo might get that reference. I mean, <laughs> there, 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 there. <laughs> they're done. I think we should, we should just, that's probably the way at a point, maybe the only way I could do it. That, I mean, the, the, and, but maybe this is also the reason I'll keep the Crunchyroll account too. There's just a lot. And maybe that's why, at the very least, I'll think about the uh, high dive, uh, high dive subscription, and more than likely, um, put my toonie towards uh, Shonen Jump or two fifty or whatever it is. Before we go tonight, I did want to end off on, and this is this is kind of a, um, this is kind of a, a swerve on you guys because I'm calling an audible just to make a one final story. And I did want to end off on a slightly melancholy note. There is a follow-up, or within the last couple of days, a follow-up on the death of Kazuki Takahashi uh, came out, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! You, you mean the and, Yeah, it's just, everyone just said, uh, there's further uh, a few further notes on the death of the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Within the last couple of days, the Japan Coast Guard confirmed a report from the U.S. military that Takahashi died a hero because he was trying to help out, rescue, help rescue a family caught in in off the coast of Okinawa in some rough rough waters back on July fourth. And we did, uh, we acknowledged his death back, back then, I think at Anime North. Mm-hmm. 
And it was tragic. And I just thought, you know, just to, I want to follow up when I read this, and I just want to acknowledge it here. Right? Yeah, he drowned. Died a hero, dude. And I know there's a, like, just uh, I'm skimming through some of the st- the latest news on that. What an old, that's just, I, I, I'm just, um, yeah, tip my hat, tip my hat to him. If this is the sort, if this is the story behind the circumstances of stances of his death. So I just thought I, I'd acknowledge that now, uh, before we, uh, end off tonight. It definitely tracks with other stories that came out following his death. Like it's still a tragedy, from what happened but yeah like i heard that news report as well and you know it's like kind of or definitely like inspirational even yeah, if sad yeah, even thought, if a sad yeah. end it's a sad end but yeah you just come across thinking this was this was a good man not to say we knew who we really knew him but that's a that does sound like a, it sounded like a good man anyway well, as I said, this is half our quota for October. Hopefully, we'll get to meet uh, to get the second thing in with before before Halloween. And for reference, I'm doing the candy at my parents' place this year. I I have time to do it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch out for those uh, rainbow candies, man. Well, tell me more about them as we go off the air. <laughs> something else. I, there's probably something else I should be aware of. <laughs> But in any event, um, well, uh, there, that's that's almost all we got. Uh, I know. Um, well, thanks for uh, thanks for being able to make some time, Amy. I know. You, I know you have to get ready for. Uh, I know you're you're going to be a bit busy again. Yep, as always. As always, but aren't <laughs> we all right? Aren't we all? And uh, hopefully, uh, when James hears this, which he probably won't, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll have something to say anyway when he finds out what we talked about. We'll probably talk about like. Some of the other like announcements that happened in the past two weeks too. Yes, you know what we? I, I wish we. You're right. Uh, New York uh, Anime New York New York City Comic Con. Those came and went, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, we forgot all about. Yeah, that. Viz announced some stuff. Seven Seas announced some stuff before and after it. Yen Press announced some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm looking through. Announced some stuff. Not the con, but they just announced some stuff recently. And if we're boycotting anything, it should be TwitchCon. Oh yeah, well that's another story altogether. But well, but oh yeah. Well, um, assuming is it because of some uh, somebody breaking their back in two places? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? Oh my god. We'll talk about that off the air. But if you want in on the conversation as it was tonight, you can contact us still. Anime Roundtable at gmail.com at Anime Roundtable Anime Roundtable dot com. Any one of those will be updated, hopefully soon. And we're hoping uh, by the end of the year to add something more visual on our Twitch channel. Oops. Twitch.tv slash Anime Roundtable and the YouTube channel uh, sooner or later. As for the (laughs) podcast side, please leave us a review, if you can, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and whatever else you would get your podcasts on. Because... 
give us a like. A good review does help us. Right, Kevin? Yes, it does. Yes. And uh, as we mentioned, we had been trying to do things weekly or bi-weekly. Uh, we've um, we've uh, tamped down our expectations and tried to provide at least more than one thing a month because life does get in the way sometimes. So regardless, you don't have to wait, but in any event, give us a subscribe, a like, or a follow uh, on any of the platforms we're on so that you don't have to constantly keep checking and you'll be notified whenever we put up something new. Also, if you have a Spotify account, please check out our anime roundtable playlist for a list of music based on the things we bring up on this show. The theme song is entitled Fubuki Snowstorm by Pico Misaki, which is the title track of her current album. You can check out more of her music at PicoInfinity.com or on Facebook at Pico Zen Music. So that's it. Until next time, thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. And join us again for episode 73 of the Anime Roundtable.